I have discussed the initiative that wishes to amend the Seattle Charter in favor of the homeless. The intention is obviously good. Even if it were to reduce the number of homeless people from 11,000 to 9,000, this will be better than nothing. The problem is that, in order to fund this initiative, other programs will have to be curtailed. The initiative does not say what programs should be curtailed and by how much. Therefore it is incomplete. Now we cannot vote on an initiative the consequences of which are unknown. Therefore we should abstain. A city charter is the equivalent of a local constitution. As it is today, our charter is about 80 years old. It can use some rejuvenation. I am in favor of changes that affect two areas. The first one is the subordination of our city to state and federal law. The second one would introduce some greater democracy in the requirements concerning new initiatives. 1. Subordination of our cities and towns to state and federal law. Here is what the Seattle Charter says in its preamble. Greater than under authority conferred by the Constitution of the State of Washington, the people of the City of Seattle enact this charter as the law of the city. 1. This reference to the State of Washington as the source of the people's powers is incorrect. The people of Seattle are the source of the powers that are granted to our elected officials. The state has nothing to do with that. Our cities and towns are autonomous in the conduct of their local affairs. They don't need anybody's permission or guidance. They enjoy the same autonomy in relation to the federal government. In a similar way the states are autonomous from the federal government. Therefore the state of Washington should remove from its constitution any reference to the U.S. Constitution as the law of the land. Federal law regulates the federal government. State law regulates the state. City law regulates the city. What comes from the top of the power pyramid is imperialism. Now very often imperialism wears the mask of condescending paternalism, which tends to make it acceptable. It is true that this form of imperialism has enjoyed the blessings of the U.S. Constitution as it has been interpreted by the federal government. But the Constitution is not such a simple text. It was amended very early on by the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. Now the traditional view was that those amendments amend nothing. They are meaningless and useless, simply because nobody knows what they say. It is true that the text of those two amendments is enigmatic. But thanks to progress in the art of text interpretation, we have now ways of interpreting enigmatic texts. I have discussed how we can now interpret enigmatic texts in my website www.rethinkingamerica.net slash theory. This is where you can find my long texts. I am not interested in converting the federal government to my views. It will be enough to convert the city of Seattle. Other cities and towns will most likely continue to submit to state and federal authorities in the conduct of their local affairs. This is a free choice. Along the same line, the Bible can be interpreted in different ways. We have learned to tolerate those differences just because they are insurmountable. The time has come to learn to tolerate other interpretations of the Constitution. But that implies that we can act rationally and do away with the imperial authority of the Supreme Court. 2. Introduce greater democracy in the requirements for initiatives and referenda. Article 4, Section 1 says. Greater than the power to propose for themselves any ordinance dealing with any matter within the realm of local affairs or municipal business, and to enact or reject the same at the polls, independent of the mayor and the city council, is also reserved by the people of the city of Seattle. I am happily surprised to find here a language that is used exclusively by the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, a language that they take from the Articles of Confederation, and that is totally foreign to the Constitution. Under those articles, Congress remained under the control of the 13 states. The Constitution created the federal government and subordinated the states to it. The Ninth and Tenth Amendment restore the original rights of the states and the people. The same language is used in reference to organizing an initiative or a referendum. 
Greater than the first power reserved by the people is the initiative. Greater than the second power reserved by the people is the simple referendum. Now what I find not so democratic are the requirements that must be met in order to introduce an initiative or a referendum. Too many signatures are required, which tends to exclude ordinary people from the process and give organizations an edge. The required signatures are calculated in the following way. 10% or 15% of the total number of votes cast for the office of mayor at the last preceding municipal election. That number is now about 220,000 votes. The required signatures are 22,000 and 33,000. I propose to simplify the requirements so that ordinary people can start an initiative. Let's use fixed numbers of signatures. How about 4,000 and 6,000 respectively? Our first action will consist in reducing the number of signatures that are required. The second action will remove from our charter any reference to state law. Dash. 1. Article 3, Section 2 refers to the state in the following way, so long as they, the other departments, are constituted in accordance with the provisions of state law. Such references to state law are incompatible with our local autonomy.